We thank you so much for the blessing to hear your word. We thank you that our lives will never be the same again because of your word and your great influence in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Megas Charis. Megas Charis. Great grace. Great grace. Hallelujah. We thank God so much. And this is uh, going to be the subject of our meditation for today's Live Daily, Die Daily, for Stool Devotional. Hallelujah. Here on the Shema podcast. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 35. The Bible says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one as anyone had need. Hallelujah. The Bible says, And great grace was upon them all. Great grace was upon them all. Uh, we see that right here in Acts chapter 4, something very amazing and very powerful was happening. Often we hear that God shows his grace towards us. God gives grace to them that are humble. God gives grace. But in this verse, or in this chapter, we will come across a phrase, great grace, great grace. The Bible says that what? And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on them all. In other words, there are levels of grace. There are levels of grace. You can start from level one, you can move on to level two, level three, level four, and so on. That is just to say that there are steps you can take in grace and you can move above and above and above and above and above. You understand? So what at all is grace? You can find that in previous lessons we have, in previous lessons here on the Shoma podcast, we have talked about grace, but grace is an inexhaustive um, um, topic because it's actually, the Greek word is what charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. You even find it as a name of people, courage or grace. It's a name that is given to people. Okay. It is the divine influence upon the heart and its, and its reflection in the life, enabling you to become a favored person, acceptable to God, become thanksworthy and full of gratitude to the Lord, according to Strong's Dictionary or Strong's Definition. Praise the Lord. Uh, that's strong concordance. Okay, it gives that definition of grace as it is used or found in the Bible, for instance. Praise the Lord. So you see that grace is the divine influence upon the heart. That is to say that God, whatever influence God can put on a man, whatever influence God can put on a man. For, the, for instance, where the Bible says that when God made man out of the dust of the ground, he breathed into man and man became a living soul. It was the influence of God. It was the influence. The fluence is like a breath, 
like a fluidity, like fluid, something that flowed from God into man. That was what animated man. Mm. That was what made man move. That was what gave man an expression. Otherwise, other than the flu, fluid thing, the breath of God, the thing that came from God, the influence of God on that dust of the ground, without it, that, that, that being would just be lying there unmovable still on the ground can't do nothing praise the lord so you see that it is the grace of god that animates us is the grace of god that moves us is the grace of god that takes us somewhere is the grace of god that makes us have content hallelujah in our lives and the bible says that grace is that divine influence it's like when you look to heaven when you open your hands to the heavens when you ask for something from heaven when you ask for something from god whatever comes from god onto a man whatever comes from heaven to the earth that was called grace it is the divine influence upon the heart the heart not just on any part of you but the heart Okay, because the ground, your heart is like the ground that is um, made to receive from God. Praise the Lord. Made to receive. It has just the right settings to support the life of God. Hallelujah. You know, for instance, I remember, for instance, a friend of mine came from the UK and brought some seeds uh, of a certain plant that they grow there called pansy, black pansy. And she brought, was so excited, came, brought some of the seeds to me here said who oh. i was also so, so excited we looked i looked at the, the, the how the the, the 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 plant you know looks like on the internet i was like oh i would like to have this plant in my home so i can plant it in one of the pots in my house and i mean month after month days after days weeks after months after months Charlie, the thing was not growing despite watering or and things I realized that, I mean, either I didn't have the good soil <laughs> or the temperature, the, the environment, is, it just wasn't it. Praise God. And it wasn't only me. There were some other uh, people who also received the seeds and it just didn't grow. So I was convinced that there was something about our tropical environment that was not ready to allow this uh, plant grown in the temperate regions to grow here. So I didn't talk too much about it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What am what am I trying to say? Your heart is the, the 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 part the part of your being that has the right settings, the right temperature, the right environment, the right soil, everything to support the seed of God, to support the growth of a seed of God. Praise the Lord! And so grace is it comes upon the heart, it comes upon the heart, and there is no better time to receive something into your heart than in prayer. There's no better time than in fellowship with the Lord. There's no better time. Praise the Lord. So you can receive a lot of grace as you pray. You receive a lot of grace as you fellowship with the Lord. Because something enters your heart when you do those things. Praise the Lord. So grace is the divine influence upon the heart. And it's reflection in the life. It's reflection in the life. What are we talking about when we say the reflection in the life? We're talking about the out the, the output. Okay, we are saying that is a divine influence on the heart. Fine. 
you pray, you receive the grace of God, you receive something from heaven, an intangible thing, an unseeable thing, something we can't touch, something we can't see. We don't even know that whether really is real. Sometimes when you are even praying, you don't even know whether the thing is happening or not. <laughs> because it's like you can't feel God's response in that moment, you know. But you just have to have the faith and pray because really something is entering your heart as you pray. Look at Elijah. For three and a half years, he was praying, 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 praying. Let the rains be come. Let the rains come. You know, um, 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 let, let the, let the uh, rains stop. No, he, so he prayed from the start that there should be no rain. And there was no rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed that there should be rain and the rain came. Okay. I mean, prayer changes things and, 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 and causes things to, 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 to happen. Hallelujah. And so when we talk about grace, we are talking about what a thing that happens in your heart and then how it changes and affects the reflection of your life. It changes the, the outcome of your life. It changes the output of your life. It changes, it reflects in your life, you understand. So when somebody is graced or somebody is favored, you can tell. You can see it because it, it shows in how their life is, okay, reflects in their life. And it also means that what it enables you to become a favored person, enables you to become acceptable to God. It enables you to become thanksworthy. People can give thanks to God because of you. People can say thank you to you. Because they can see that it's because of you something is happening in my life. It's because of you something is happening to me. When the ark of God was sent to the house of the man called Obed-Edom, okay, the Bible says his whole house was blessed. It was because of the presence of something in his house, the ark of God, the presence of God in his house. A visible and tangible blessing came upon everybody in his house. Praise the Lord. So you see that... And, and then in that case, for instance, they can really say, thank you, God. Thank God. And put that the ark was brought to rest in my house. Praise the Lord. Yes, it was brought to rest in my house. Even though it killed Uzzah and, and all that. But at least when it was brought here, there was a blessing. Thank God. You can trace the blessing to the, the, the direct source. Same thing when somebody is graced, when somebody is favored, when somebody has received something from God, people can, can find them to be the source of a blessing in their lives so when they go down on their knees and they're praying they mention that person's name there because they know exactly where something good has come from into their lives do you get it can somebody give thanks to god for you can somebody say thank you god for so and so's life thank you lord for madam so and so's life thank you for brother so and so thank you for sister so and so mr so and so uh that little child thank you because something from heaven has come upon them that has met your need and so people can give thanks to god for you you become full and it turns you also to be full of gratitude to the lord okay gratitude you actually can find that grace word in it hallelujah the same word that is used for thank you or grat gratitude is the same word same root word that we have grace from charis praise the lord it's, this is the same word so you see that the thing that makes you graced and graceful is the same thing that makes you grateful right it's the same thing that makes you grateful because when you receive grace you have actually received something 
that makes you it changes your life it lifts your life it raises your life it puts something stronger into your life so and it becomes so clear so tangible that it's from heaven it's from god so much so that it puts you in the gratitude mode like this, this is could only be by god's grace this could only be by god's grace and you can you just keep saying thanks lord thanks lord thanks lord hallelujah and so when you receive god's grace upon your life you become something and someone that people can't but always keep thanking god for you become the reason why people give thanks to god receive that grace you are becoming the reason why a lot of gratitude is being poured out into the heavens day after day after day people keep thanking god for you and for your life's work praise the lord when grace um uh, uh, grace is what everyone needs, you know. So when you receive grace from God, you become what people need. That's another thing. You become what the people need. Because what everybody needs really is grace. Because everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But by God's grace, we have been redeemed. So grace is what everybody needs to save them. The Bible says, for by grace we are saved through faith. And it is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works that we should not boast. So grace is what everybody needs. When you become somebody who receives the grace of God, you become what people need because people are looking for grace. When you become a container of grace, you become a solution to people's problems. You meet the people, you meet the needs of others. Receive that grace to become a solution to somebody's problem. The grace of God is coming upon your life today in Jesus name. Amen. When the grace of God comes upon you, it becomes difficult for you to be ignored in matters that concern your assignment. Your relevance becomes undeniable. It becomes difficult for anybody to put you aside because now you have become somebody who is needed. Do you understand? You are wanted. This grace makes you unwanted. This grace makes you, oh, we can do without this person. We can, we can do without this person. Even if she's not part of this thing, Christ can work. That's when you are disgraced. When, that's when you are put to shame. But when the grace of God clothes you, when the grace of God covers you, when the grace of God, of God comes upon you and envelopes you, now you become a wanted person. Now you become sought after. Now you become wanted. Now people need you. Now people want you. Everybody's looking forward to speaking with you. Everybody's looking forward to hearing from you because you have become something that the people need. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 7 and 9 says who art thou O great mountain before Zerubbabel shall thou become a plain and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings crying grace grace unto it grace grace unto it moreover the word of the Lord came unto me saying the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house his hands shall also finish it and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you so you see that grace is something that is like a finisher praise the lord it's a polisher hallelujah it's like you see, when we even say something is graceful something has a graceful appearance it's like it has a nice appearance a fitting appearance you understand so the grace of god it starts with you 
So the scripture that follows this one says that for who has despised the day of small beginnings, it starts with you from small, humble beginnings, but it goes on with you to higher levels and higher levels and higher levels. So grace begins and grace finishes. Hallelujah. Grace takes you through and grace finishes with you. Praise the Lord. And so the scripture says that what the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of his house, his house also shall finish it. God called Zerubbabel to build the house of God. Hallelujah. To build the house of God, to gather the people of God who were in exile and, 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 and help them to build the house of God in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Go back home and build the house of God in Jerusalem. It was difficult in his day. There were lots of people who wanted to hinder the work that he had been called to do, spoil the work that he had been called to do. But God strengthened his arms. God helped him so that the thing that he started with him, he was also able to do it, to finish it. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says that what? Who are thou, O great mountain? What about problems stood before him? What about uh, uh, limitation that stood before Zerubbabel? He said, before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. That means you will disappear. The mountains will disappear. The problems will disappear. Because God is going to bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, cries, praise, grace unto it. Hallelujah. The headstone is the capstone. It's like the pillar. It's like the, 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 the main stone, the foundation stone for, for the house that is being built. Praise the Lord. And when God was building the house of God, he said that well, he will bring forth the capstone with what? Grace, grace unto it. Grace, grace is like a double pronunciation of the, the word grace. Hallelujah. Grace is one of the words that I see. It runs throughout the scriptures from Genesis uh, 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 to Revelation. Like it, it, it runs through grace, 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 hallelujah. And um, hallelujah. So God gives double grace, double grace, double grace. It appears that God gives double grace so that he can get, when he wants to get a work done, it's like he doubles grace. When he wants to build his house, it's like he doubles the grace that is needed. When he wants to finish a work that he, God himself, has started, he gives double grace, especially at the end, or getting to the end of like maybe something that he started, like to perfect it, to finish it, to give it a nice finish. You understand? Hmm. Hallelujah. So today God is bringing double grace onto you and into your life to give your life a nice outlook, to give your life a nice finish. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It appears that the need, there's that need for that double grace. Whenever the work of God needs to be done and people need to be put together to give witness to the message of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You see that God wanted to build a temple. Whenever God wants to build a temple, it means he wants to put his people together. He wants to gather his people. Praise the Lord. Yes. And... Same thing in Acts, we saw that when he was gathering the apostles together, he was putting them together so that they, they all cared for each other and, 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 and they could be there for each other and be united so that they could give a strong impression of the message of the resurrection of the Lord. Uh, God, God, God decided to give great grace, great grace, great grace for what? So that they could preach the word of God. God more so that they could witness of the resurrected Jesus more because you see 
right from the start of Acts chapter 4, when after the story in, uh, in Acts chapter 3, when Peter, was it Peter and uh, uh, John had gone to the, the beautiful gate and healed the man who sat there, the lame man at the beautiful gate. You know, after that miracle took place, you know, the chief priests, the elders, they were all like, ah, are miracles still happening? We thought miracles started happening when Jesus, the Christ, was here. And now that we've killed him and finished him and finished all that nonsense that was going on and turning the people's attention onto Jesus instead of to us and our, 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 our priesthood, uh, yeah, in, in the synagogues, everybody's attention was being turned onto this man called Jesus. Now that we've killed Jesus, we are hoping or we were thinking that uh, we finished miracles, we finished all that thing that was just causing the stay over there. But here they were, Peter and Co. are still in the system. They are still continuing the works of Jesus. They are still causing miracles to happen for people. They are still turning the troubles of people into joy. I mean, so the chief, the elders, they were all angry. We can't believe such things are still happening. We thought we had gotten rid of rid of Jesus. All these things must have stopped. But now here, yeah, so many people are still believing in these men. So many people are still believing that Jesus is risen from the dead. You know, because pe these people had paid people to keep their mouth shut that Jesus was not risen from the dead and things like that. That his body was stolen and all sorts of things. But it's, it's almost as if the, all that they were trying to do, it couldn't get the message quiet. It couldn't keep the, the people quiet. It couldn't steal the message of the resurrection away. It couldn't shut the mouths of people. God was still working to continue miracles. God was still working hard behind the scenes to make sure that impossible situations were being made possible for people. God was still letting the impossible become possible for people. And these elders were not happy. So you see that because uh, the, the good news about the resurrection, it stands such a great threat to be um, annihilated and silenced and, and shut up and, and made, as if, made to look as if it never took place, made to look as if it never happened. You know, the devil wants to just make it so because the resurrection defeats him and defeats all his purpose. Hallelujah. But God... If he supplies great grace, you understand, to, 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 it's like because the message of the resurrection of our Lord, the proof that everybody can experience a raise in life. Oh my, I just said something. There is a proof, there is a living proof that no matter what pit you are in, no matter what dungeon you are in, no matter what disillusionment you find yourself in, depression, darkness you find yourself in, there can be a raising up for you, there can be a lifting up for you, there can be a rise for you, there can be hope for you, there can be renewal for you, there can be salvation for you, there can be help for you. Your story is never a no, 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 it's never a sad ending if Jesus can walk into your life. Because this thing is real and God wants to keep making it real. When a people believe in him and they believe in the resurrection from the dead, God puts what is called great grace 
upon their lives so that they can give a magnified witness of this truth that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is still giving hope and Jesus is still raising the dead and Jesus is still help, helping people and Jesus is still setting prisoners free and Jesus is still releasing captives and Jesus is still doing all these amazing things in town. He's not dead but alive. God puts great grace on his people. Wow. And one of those great graces is to unite his people. You see, because when one person, only one person has that fire, only one person has that revival flame, it can easily be snuffed out by the enemy. It can easily be lost in the darkness. But when one, two, three, four, five people with all those fires lit upon them, lit inside them, they come together and they don't think of of themselves as being individuals, but they think of themselves as being one body, as being to all together the temple of the Lord, all together the body of Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. Then that light becomes too bright to be snuffed out. That light becomes too loud to be shut up. That voice becomes the message and the talk of town that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is risen, that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is powerful more than sickness. He's powerful more than madness. He's powerful more than any form, any pit or coffin the devil wants to put anybody in. God gives great grace to his people, not for anything, but for the work of witnessing of the resurrection, witnessing, spreading the message, making it loud and famous that Jesus can help you. Jesus can save you. You who are struggling with alcohol, you who are struggling with lesbianism, homosexuality, you who are sick, you who can't do anything for yourself, you who are still crying in the middle of the night, uh, you who have lost a beloved, lost a loved one, and it's, 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 it's like uh, and nobody, you, you don't even know how you're going to get your loved one back. Your loved one is chasing another loved one. <laughs> you don't even know how you're going to get your loved one back. But God's grace, or God, the message of the resurrected Jesus is that no matter what devil or demon or cohorts of hell, Jesus has got the victory over them all. Jesus has the power over them all. Amazing. Great grace. What is great grace? What is great grace? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Nothing can stop us from speaking in the name of Jesus. Nothing can stop us from laying hands on the sick and letting them get well. Nothing can stop us from becoming a force that, that, that uh, 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 beckons amnesty, freedom, release, liberty for captives, liberty for prisoners by the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing can stop us from being the anointed ones that God has decided to plant into the earth today. Nothing can steal the message of the resurrected Jesus. We are going to be living witnesses and proofs that, look, the devil said you were going to stop school at JSS. But God has made a way for you to go to SS. God has made a way for you to even go on to university by the grace of God. It's amazing. What is great grace? The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 verse 33, it says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Great grace was upon them all. Megas, M-E-G-A-S. Megas. 
That is the Greek word that is translated great, great in this in this phrase, great grace. Great grace. According to the to Thayer's definition, Thayer or Thayer, T-H-A-Y-E-R, Thayer. According to Thayer's definition, megas means for something to be huge in the external form or in the sensible appearance of things or persons. Hallelujah. So with respect to, for instance, space and dimensions, I think it's very huge. Or with respect to, like, like for, for example, if you have something of great mass, okay, or great weight, that they think is very heavy, okay, or something that is very large and spacious, okay, has a very large extent or a spacious compass, okay, or something that has a long measure and height, okay, or something that is of a great old stature and age, Praise the Lord. Something that is like deep, heavy, weighty, large, spacious, huge, humongous, gigantic. Something of a great height. Something that is long. Something that is high. Praise the Lord. You can imagine what uh, the king of Babylon, the vision that the king of Babylon was having when he made that huge idol. He was having a, a vision of, of something huge. Something huge. Okay, that could... People, everybody could idolize and they could unite the people. But of course, that was that he, he was thinking, he was beginning to have the, 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 the uh, what you call it, the idea or the ideas all right. But he was not, it was not coming from God. That is why God had to bring that small stone from heaven to, 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 to destroy that, that, that image that he was, he was having. Any idea of, 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 of something huge that is not from God, that is not from God, it's not something worth pursuing. But if it is from God, if it is great because of grace, then it's something to pursue. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great grace. Hallelujah. So we are, we are still looking at the meaning of the word megas, okay, or great. Hallelujah. So we're talking about how that is something that is huge, large, you know. Something that is of an old stature, okay, an age. Something that is numerous or abundant in numbers and quantity. Or something that is of an older age. God can make you appear like you are, you are, you are, you, you have wisdom that is more than your, the years that you have spent on this earth. I think one time I remember somebody said something like that to somebody. Said that you are, you, you seem to have wisdom that is, is, is more than your age. Yeah, you're thinking like several years beyond the age that you that you are. Hallelujah. So numerous or abundant in numbers and quantity or of an older age with more intense effort, something with more degree of affections and emotions of the mind. Okay, more a more, a more degree of affections. It's more intense, it's more passionate, it's more heartfelt, it's it's it's, it's more real. It engages more emotions of the mind. If 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 it's, it's supposed to make you sad, it is an intense sadness. If it's supposed to make you joyful, it's an intense joy. It's not a surface thing; like it's deep. Praise the Lord. Something that is intense, mighty, violent, strong. All these words are being used in Thayer's definition to describe what megas or greatest. Praise the Lord. Even something that, like natural events okay natural events but they are of more intensity natural events that are, are, affect the mind but they are of more in, 
intensity. Praise the, uh, 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 praise the Lord. Great grace means you are given something by God that makes everybody notice that you are eminent for ability, for authority, for virtue, for power, for importance. Great grace, when it is upon your life, everybody can see that. Look, we are looking for somebody to do this job, but this person is the best person for the job. If we are looking for uh, five people to do the job, well, we'll find the five, but we can tell that brother so-and-so is the best among the five for the job. Great grace makes everybody, everybody, without a doubt, if they are to vote, everybody will vote unanimously that you are the one with what? You are the one who is highly eminent for the job. You are the one with the authority that we need for this job. You are the one with the virtue and the power and the importance that is needed for this job. Wow. Great grace. It changes your rank. It changes your rank spiritually. It changes your rank. It makes you like more important than other people. Or not only more important than other people, but a certain level in which you used to operate, maybe let's say spiritually or even physically or academically or whatever. You, you see that even your rank changes. Your rank, rank means like your, your level, okay, or your grade, okay. It changes if you were in the military, if you were, I don't know, you know how they have those sergeants and corporal and, you know, all those general and all those things. And it's like in, in, in levels. If you were at the lowest level, now it's like you have become a step ahead or several steps ahead. Great grace changes your rank. God is changing your rank by the power of the Holy Spirit for you to be able to testify more of the message of Jesus Christ. Great grace makes you highly esteemed, reserved for great moments. How? You are reserved for great moments. <laughs> when they are in a place, they are looking for people to give a certain award. They've called all the other people to give this award. That award. And then when they come to the best award, then you are selected to go and present that award. Or you are selected to go and receive that highest award. Amazing. Amazing. Great grace reserves you for the great moments. Though sometimes you'll be sitting there and be like, hey, why is that they are calling everybody? They haven't called me. Why is it everybody is getting their own and mine hasn't come? Why is it that everybody seems to be making it me? I'm still struggling. It's like God is saving the best for the last. God is saving, is saving the best for the last. And you, do, you are just sitting there and interpreting the whole thing in a wrong way. As if God has forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. Yeah. God has not forgotten you. Great grace is at work in your life, saving you for great moments. Praise the Lord. Great grace makes you stately. It makes you splendid. It makes you prepared on a grand scale. Whoosh. Whoosh. Great grace, it speaks of great things. It speaks of God's preeminent blessings, even things that overstep the province of a created being. It's sometimes when the grace, great grace of God is operating in your life or working in your life, it makes you as if, as if you are even being too proud. You are being too presumptuous. It's like you are being too, you, it's like you are overstepping your boundaries. So. Overstepping your boundaries as a created being, because you start speaking things that are out. Excuse me to say in quotes outrageous. Remember, uh, uh, Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter four, uh, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse four and four. 
for instance, they said that what when the revelations of God abounded in me, I I I I, I was I went to heaven and I saw things that are not even lawful for a man to speak or to utter. Verse four, it says how that I knew a man, I knew such a man who was caught unto the third heaven. I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is, it is not lawful for a man to utter. When the grace of God is working in you to a certain level, you see that you, you start even making boastful statements and sentences to, to the people will be like, hey, can a human being be saying such things? Don't you think you are being too proud? Don't you think you are being too presumptuous? Don't you think you are taking things too far? It's like, it's, it's unlawful for a human being, all of us in this terrain to be speaking like that a great grace is, is that's how it operates praise the lord and that is why sometimes god will put a thorn in your flesh so that you don't overstep your boundaries so that you stay within the measure of of faith that god has given to you so that you just be right where you're supposed to be because sometimes it, it also means that when great grace is operating if you are not careful you can be easily deceived you can easily enter into zones of deception because you think, uh, I mean, you are overthinking in the thing. It's, it's also possible that way. That's how the, the thing, like, that's how sometimes the thing uh, works. It's like you're being, you're having ideas of, like, grandiose ideas. Okay, it's like, it's, it's too, uh, so sometimes there's got to be a check. Something inside you to buffet you and just remind you that, hey, please. Calm down a little. Praise the Lord. But the point I'm trying to make is that the grace of God can enlarge you, can amplify you, can make you huge and humongous, can 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 change your rank, can turn you from 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 nothing, from from being at the back, 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 and just speed you up to the front. It can turn somebody who is so so much of a villager into somebody who is so stately and a person of great excellence. It, it, it is amazing what we need. The Bible says that when the people started doing the miracles, when Peter and John and, 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 Jane and the others, when they started doing the miracles, healing, the, the Bible says they took note of these men. That, ah, these men were unschooled men. They were villagers. They were fishermen. They, were, they, they didn't know how to speak English. Uh, is it English they were speaking at that time? They, didn't, they were not nice people. Or let me say like creme de la creme, stately people. But here these people, these people like, all of a sudden they looked also transformed and, and they could put things into proper places and organizations and do miracles and like something was happening. Something different was happening. What was happening? The grace of God, the ambience of heaven, the influence of God on a man's heart was taking place. And not just in tiny quantities, but it was like there was this gush. There was this gush. There was this mighty release. That's why when they met in the upper room, the Bible says there was this mighty rushing wind. It was like a gush. A, a great grace was released from heaven. The Bible says, and great grace was upon them all god is giving us great grace to advance his work and to give preeminent proof of the preaching and witnessing of the resurrected resurrected lord jesus become one of the people my dear of the people hallelujah hallelujah 
become one of the people that God is giving um, grace to, become one of the people who is going to receive the grace of God for the building for the building of the house of God and for the advancing of the work of God. Become one of those people. Receive the grace of God. Tell God that, Lord, I want to be a candidate of great grace, a candidate of your great grace. Have mercy on me for this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you so much for listening. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Shema podcast with Dr. Anastasia Bruce. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. God bless you.